0: Hello, this is the World in the Bottle podcast, episode 3. I'm Gabe, I'm here. I'm Ryan. We're drinking. (laughs) Orange, I mean mango juice. Mango juice. Mango juice, Yummy, yummy stuff. Good stuff. Um, so for this episode, uh, we're not gonna talk about any comic books. Uh, well, no guarantees. Uh. Probably slip some comic book stuff in there. Yeah, we probably can't resist, you know, um. It's sexy. Comic books are sexy. Who what doesn't love talking
1: about comics, man?
0: Um, but no, for this episode, this is a, this is an all-movie episode, because uh, I didn't, you know, the first two episodes, they were all about comic books, but our, uh, our secondary passion is definitively the world of film. Absolutely. Lo- love me some movies. I like movies, too. I love
1: talking about them.
0: Fun time. So what movies are we talking about today, Gabe?
1: Today, we're talking about uh, the trilogy that we recently rewatched. Um, the Sam Raimi Spider Man trilogy.
0: I lied. We're still talking about comic book stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what we're talking about because we just rewatched that. All three.
1: All three of them, right back to back to back.
0: It was back to back to back. Uh, yeah. I will say by the time I was at the third movie. It, first off, it doesn't help that the third movie is the way that it is. Ah, oh, I, I think I, that
1: that caps it all off perfectly. I
0: know, I know, but definitely when you've been just sitting on the couch, you know, <laughs> and you watch those first two movies and you're like, okay, yeah, we got to do the third one. He's <laughs> sat there for like twelve hours. Yeah, long, long time. Yeah, but um, um
1: we'll, we'll try to talk about these movies in order, but we're we're
0: we're gonna end up jumping around. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's do it backwards. Let's start with Spider-Man three.
1: All right. Okay. But- <laughs> I mean, do you actually watch
0: it? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we should start with the first movie. Alright, first movie. Um, well, Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your thoughts. Obviously, I, I love these movies. I've seen them a times. Yeah. I own them. I brought my Collector's Edition uh, set over to watch them. sure did. So, There's some good
0: stuff in that in that set. Oh, in yeah. box. I love any photo of Sam Raimi I can get my hands oh, on. He's, he's adorable. He's the man. Yeah. I love him. I yeah, love he's him. so good. Um... So, yeah, what'd you
1: think? What'd you think of the first Spider-Man movie?
0: Well, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I fucking love the first Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah. And and Mm -hmm. I know that, like, I know that you love it. Yeah. You love it, but I always, whenever we end up talking about it, I'm not gonna lie, I always feel like I love it more. (laughs) Honestly, like, um, it is still probably my least favorite of the trilogy,
1: but, like... oh, that's a hot take. It is a hot take, but we'll get to that when we get into the discussion of three, but, um... But every time I watch it, I, I honestly love and respect it more, and, and you know, it's, we've only been recording for a little while after we said we wouldn't talk about comics, but, especially after having started reading Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah, and knowing that that's what Sam Raimi read and had everyone on set reading,
0: like... I didn't even know that. that yeah,
1: he, there's, like, pictures of him forcing Tobey Maguire to
0: read it. Wow, that's so it. cool. What, when was the first movie released? 2002. Wow, so what they had they have 24 issues of Ultimate Spider-Man to read. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh
1: and just having read the first couple issues of that run cuz I haven't committed myself to reading it all the way through. It's a long-ass run. But um it is just so perfectly that 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 tone, you know.
0: For sure. No, I I feel the same way. There's um I mean, you know, I haven't read too far in Ultimate Spider-Man I think I read, like, the first six issues But I feel like, you know, I appreciate those first six issues in the same way that I appreciate this movie In the sense that it's, like, it's, uh, I mean, it's arguably, like, the definitive, like, Spider-Man origin story Superhero origin story movie Yeah, uh, you could argue that, you definitely mm -hmm. could argue that That As the framework right Uh. there but, yeah, really, the reason why I love the first Spider-Man movie... I love each of the movies in the trilogy for, like, slightly different reasons. Um, and the, the reason why I love the first movie so much is, is it's straight-up just a live-action cartoon. Like, it's so... It's like it's... it's I don't want to call it dumb... But no, it like, t- totally is. Totally yeah, no, is. it's it's stupid. It's so goofy, <laughs> it's but
1: and I love that and and that leads into like the one word I would use to describe it and what I think really gets straight to the heart of what this movie is about and that's like sincerity. Like it is yeah. such a sincere movie in terms of its themes about, you know, stepping up and being a hero and everything Spider-Man stands for. It is so perfectly and purely captures that idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the whole uh, with great power comes great responsibility thing, I mean, you know, in, in the comics, Uncle Ben didn't even say that, it was just, it was just a text box that, mm-hmm. that was on, like, the last page of Amazing Fantasy, um, whatever fucking issue that was, 17 or whatever, um, and it, it, like, it really is, that. that's kind of the beauty of, of superhero adaptation is, uh. You know, If you're a fan of comic books, you read some really good comic books, and you read some really bad comic books, and when you get to adapt it into a video game, um, which we can also talk about since I'm almost uh, done beating that game, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, if you're, whether you're adapting Spider-Man or any superhero into a, a TV show or a game or a movie your experience with comic books allows you to, you know, pick and choose the best elements of the comics and take those and, and keep the unfortunate things that have happened. <laughs> Especially, I mean, Spider-Man, God forbid we ever get a clone conspiracy movie. Hell yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know what, fuck it, I want it. Doing, let's get <laughs> I want dance lot a- no, to write it, too. We should get Ang Lee to direct it. Oh my God! He's doing Gemini Man. Yeah, it'd be so perfect, so perfect. Yeah, um, but no, uh... I love the first Spider-Man movie because it's one of the most comic booky movies uh, of all the superhero movies that have ever been released. It's it's so true to where it, where it's coming from. Uh, it's so respectful about what's come before it, and yet it's still capable of of telling a complete story that's compelling on its own. Um, and it, you know, like I said, admittedly, it's it's very kiddish, um, very camp, yeah. very ramy. Um, but also, you know, there there's a little bit of uh, some horror in all three movies. Definitely. Uh, pri- I mean, the second movie has an entire scene dedicated uh, to horror. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, when I think of horror in the first movie, I think of uh, when Green Goblin um, sets the apartment complex on fire, and he. Mm-hmm. Uh, he disguises himself as a lady trap, yeah. and then he he turns around and there's this big twist, and <laughs> they fight like that. That whole fight in the fire, I f- I just love it. I love it. I it's love so it. Good. It's so intense. My
1: favorite thing about that is that it's simultaneously that horror element, but also very campy. Like the fact that like in full green goblin costume, <laughs> he threw a shawl over himself yeah. and like passed himself off as a grandma, and yeah. it was like had like recorded like crying going on and. <laughs> or maybe he was just doing that himself. I could uh, yeah. see him doing that 100%. Yeah, Willem
0: Dafoe could totally pull that off. Oh, for sure.
1: But but yeah, I love that because it's like it's simultaneously like so dumb and so goofy that it's funny, but like also in that moment, like if you're not ready for that that surprise twist, like it it scares you. It
0: scared the hell out of me when I was little.
1: For sure. Um, and it stuck with me.
0: Yeah, that that's I mean, that's a big point that I would bring up is um like uh, I'm able to appreciate this movie at the age that I'm at, but like seeing this movie as a kid, I mean, this was this was my life as a kid. Like I loved this movie. I loved these Spider Man movies when I was young and they were I mean, I I feel like I don't like them as much as I did when I was a kid. I I mean I still love them obviously, but when I was a kid I had a a whole different level of appreciation for them.
1: And Um. that's that's a beautiful thing about this movie and about the trilogy in general, I'd say, is they all they all capture that feeling, um, that that effect on younger viewers, just the the wonder and amazement. For and, sure, and that's something I saw. And we have recently been rewatching the the Harry
0: Potter movies, and those first yeah. two I think captured that that as well. You know. Yeah, for sure, uh, because as an adult, the first two movies are definitely rough <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but definitely as a kid I mean I remember Chamber of Secrets being my favorite Harry Potter movie um, cause I, I thought the snake was so cool mm-hmm. um but then you know we started watching Prisoner of Azkaban and it's literally just like on every level superior to the first <laughs> yeah, two yeah. movies <laughs> it does also
1: have that feeling of wonder though and I, I really for sure that. yeah no no for sure very excited to, to continue our watch of those movies but yes. the Spider-Man the first movie and again I think all three um capture that that feeling of wonder and inspiration and just general cool that a kid would love and it's no wonder that so many younger viewers attached themselves to this this trilogy of movies and especially when it
0: came out you know yes absolutely there's definitely not a cat torturing me right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay we got rid of the cat I'm sorry about that <laughs> This is going to be a very common thing with this podcast There's uh, just cats showing up cat just showing up He's very angry because he went to the vet today <laughs> Um Uh But yeah um Spider, uh, uh, Another really important thing of, of why I love Spider-Man 1 so much Is in my opinion I think Spider-Man 1 has the best action In it Um Spot. Hot take. Yeah, that, that's just how I feel. I mean... Dude, that... You know, speaking of action and, like, favorite fight scenes, that, that last
1: fight scene... Mm-hmm. In the, the like, abandoned, like, sort of greenhouse thing... That, yeah, that's thing, what I'm saying. That fight is so good. It's so good. It's so good. That's, that's so good. Uh, there's twinges of Raimi's style throughout the entire movie, but in that last fight specifically... Oh, my God. He just... He lets loose. Yeah, for real. He goes all out, and I, I love it. And I love Raimi's style, and every time I see that fight, I just get so excited.
0: Um... Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. Um, that that final fight, and also I, I like the fight in the burning building a lot. But you know, the the punches hit hard. I mean, like it, it like it feels like they're hurting each other in that mm. fight. Um, and the way that it's shot adds to the drama. Um, and you know, I, I I'm gonna say this a lot, but you know, I love the second and third movies. But I definitely feel like um, the fight scenes are a little bit more standard in those movies. Um, I do like... Uh, I like the final fight. Oh, I like certain parts of the final fight in the third movie. Um,
1: oh, I, I love that final fight
0: so much. Yeah, no, there I'm are so really... There's some really them. good stuff in that final in fight. In my
1: opinion, three
0: has the best fights. Really? A hundred... Really. Like, you know what...
1: like. Far and away, there
0: are some. I don't know about far and away, but there are some really good fights. I'll I'll III.
1: I'll really gush about it, but that oh, that in the first fifteen minutes, there's that fight scene where uh, Harry becomes New Goblin. I love that name, by the way. Right, and uh, and he just sort of just jumps Peter while he's on his moped, right. and that fight scene is so good everybody disses on it because it's like very random and the birth of new goblin is very forced and very quick but that that fight so good it's like just peak Ramy, like going off not holding anything back and the soundtrack is just it's so perfect and so this fun to listen to and
0: I just... I love it. I, I, yeah. I can't... I, every time I watch it, I get so... I get so pumped. Fucking Peter Parker clotheslines his best friend. <laughs> yeah. Fucking knocks his ass out Gets uh-huh. rid of his memory. It's brain damage. Yeah. Um... I can never... Yeah. I don't... You... People... Okay... So people think that that the the new Goblin thing is forced. Then I don't feel yeah, like it's forced. I
1: would agree to a certain extent, but only only in that uh, Raimi was forced to have like three totally separate villains in the entire. Yeah, movie. he that's... really only wanted uh, Sandman and maybe New Goblin to like, you know, right. showing up a little bit. There's no way
0: that Sam Raimi gave a shit about that Yeah, no, he
1: did, absolutely did not. And that leads into a lot of people not liking his interpretation of Venom. Mm -hmm. And he didn't give a shit about his interpretation of Venom. He hated the character. He didn't want the character in his movies. Yeah. And he made no effort to, like, you know, stay, like, faithful to the source material on that. But regardless of all of that, I think his interpretation of Venom is pretty great.
0: I do, too. I do, too. in, in, In his goofy way, you know? For sure. I like how, um... This version of Venom isn't so bulky. He's more of like a just like a fucking monster than like a like a tank. Because yeah, that, that's kind of what his role in the comics is. He's, he's like he's just a monster. He's Spider Man. He's Spider Man, but he's big. Whereas this version of Venom, um, is he's literally just like a, he's, he's a, a, he's, a lot more, he's a lot
1: more psychological mm-hmm. in the fact that. He doesn't so much like bulk up your physical prowess as he does like force you into following your like true like evil desires and intentions. Yeah, you know like Peter could have easily done all the shit he's he did once he had venom on him. You know like just shit all over Eddie Brock and like hit on whatever women whatever women come his way. And rise through the ranks of the Daily Bugle, but he never wanted to do that because, you know, he lived by that motto, "With uh, great power comes great responsibility." Yeah. But, but yeah, so that, that always holds him back from just going for as collecting as much power as possible, and and Venom takes away that restraint. It, it yeah. Venom, whoever he's on, it makes them
0: go full id. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> and that's that's crazy to yeah. me. I love it. For sure. Um, back, to <laughs> yeah, back to the first movie. Back to the first movie. Back to the first movie. Yeah, I really like the reason why I just love that movie. It really just comes down to the fact that it's 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 super easy to have a fun time with it. Um, you know, it's the perfect blockbuster film. You know, uh, it's just it's got the action. It sets up the story. It's true to the source. Um, the, I mean and it sets up so much for the next two movies especially the second movie um, I really like I feel like I don't have any complaints with the first movie or the second movie for that matter um, because really it just feels like Sam Raimi knew exactly what he wanted to do and everything was intentional and he didn't I mean I could be completely wrong here but it feels like he like it feels this way. Like he did everything exactly the way he wanted to do it, and he didn't fail. Um, and what he wanted to do with Spider Man One was to create a really fun superhero blockbuster. Uh, and Spider Man Two, which we can we can get into, um, is a little bit different from the first movie in the sense that it's not like. Your typical—it's not your typical summer <laughs> blockbuster. Um, which I know—I'm sure—I'm sure tons of you know video essayists on YouTube have, have pointed this out. But you know, Spider-Man Two, beyond just being a good blockbuster, is—I mean—it's just an amazing story mm-hmm. with an amazing conflict, and and just the way that the characters are written. Uh, I mean, that's uh, the characters are written the best. In Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man
1: 2, in my opinion, is, in every respect, a perfect movie. I'm not trying yeah. to say that Spider-Man 2 is, like, the best movie ever made. Right. But it is just... It sets out to accomplish a goal, and it does it.
0: Yeah. And it does it perfectly every single step of the way. For sure. Um, I want to talk about the scene that we referenced earlier. The... Um, the horror scene mm-hmm. in Spider-Man the 2. The Evil Dead scene. The evil, yeah, we can call it <laughs> the Evil Dead scene because it definitely takes a lot of uh, uh, film-making um, techniques from the Evil Dead series. Because, um, you know, Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. But just the scene where uh, the doctors are trying to remove Doc Ock's... Uh, uh, whatever, what would you his, call it? His robots His robot. His rob- Mechanical arms, his mechanical robot thing, his octopus arms, his octopus. <laughs> uh,
1: they're trying to. He's unconscious after the the events where his um, his experiment has gone wrong, and they're about to saw it off, remove it from his body to try and you know save him because this is an an alien sort of substance that's like attached itself to his spine. There was electricity like destroyed the inhibitor chip that separated the ai from him and separated the arms from literally grafting onto his spine so now they're sort of stuck there but they're trying to remove the arms and he's unconscious but the arms are they they begin defending themselves right and that leads into the every doctor in that room being
0: horribly murdered i think um yeah that it literally like it's terrifying the way that some of them are killed
1: yeah it is there's there's no question as to what happened to those doctors in a lot of violent superhero movies like there's, there's there's the implication of death or like or injury but never will you see like gro- like grotesque destroyed bodies right. and like limp people but in in this scene there's no question. These people are all
0: dead. People 100%. are getting thrown around. And there's the first person views of the, the tentacles. That's mm. the word I was looking for. Yeah, tentacles. tentacles. Um, yeah, I mean, if I were a kid... Well, I know that when I was a kid and I saw that, uh, I thought it was completely terrifying. Um, and it, it's one of the reasons why I like Doc Ock so much. is, he is He's really scary in the sense... Of, of you know, you can watch that scene and, and see the kind of uh, you know brutality his tentacles are capable of. Mm. But um, it's like it's like that effect
1: in uh, that that movie, Leon the Professional, where mm. throughout the entire movie you don't see him doing a lot of like his hitman activities, but in that in the first in the opening of that movie you see him systematically kill an entire entire group of people. And from that point on, you never question what he's capable of. Right. And from, from, the, from the Doctor scene on, you
0: never question what Doc Ock is able to do when he's let loose. I, you know, my favorite thing about Doc Ock... I actually... I'm not that familiar with him in the comic books. Um, the Doc Ocks that I know mainly are the one from Spider-Man 2... The one from the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon, and uh, the one from the new video game, uh, Marvel Spider-Man for PS Four, um, but the it, it, like the the thing that sells Doc Ock is his origin story for me. In that he's, you know, he's a little bit uh, not so much in Spider-Man Two, but definitely in the in the the game and the cartoon Doc Ock. Starts off a little like, sn- like weak. I'll will g- say <laughs> like he's a little bit of a, a an anxious guy. Um, he's not brave by any means. He he has no interest in threatening people. He's really, he's just he's a man of science, and he's just trying to get you know get by, which I, uh, the, in what I'm trying to get at is that Doc Ock is kind of a mirrored version of Peter Parker, in the sense that, you know, they both start off as kind of losers, um, and then they're both given, you know, power and opportunity, and, you know, Peter Parker has to learn the hard way that, you know, he can't abuse these powers. But, you know, Doc Ock, he, he doesn't have that. He, he just, he embraces the power, and it goes straight to his head, and he becomes completely... Psychotic. He's, you know, there. I know Punisher said this to Daredevil a lot, but you know, you know, you're like you're one bad day away from being (laughs) me. Mm -hmm. But that's literally, in my opinion, like what Doc Ock is. Like he's he's the worst case scenario for Spider Man. Like uh, a, a guy who spent his whole life kind of having a hard time financially, financially and socially. Um. And then he's given this opportunity, and he 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 uses it for the wrong reasons, um, and that's super compelling to me.
1: Yeah, you you really hit the nail on the head with that. Like, I just took the words right out of my mouth, man. <laughs> he, Doc Ock is just a twisted mirror image of Peter in in really every respect. I mean, he's he is in this movie. The true main conflict is Peter balancing. His his life as Peter Parker, with his life as Spider Man. You I'll, I'll, I'll dive more deeply into that later. But, um, in Doc Ock, we see him like the possibility of what Peter can accomplish if he if he just is, is himself, because this is this this fusion that Doc Ock is going for. Peter understands it. Mm -hmm. And it's something that he it is it is within within the realm of possibility of things he can accomplish. And if he dedicated his life to the betterment of mankind purely through science, that is something he could he could grasp. But Doc Ock he, he is he's put in a situation where he's he's gifted the sort of powers that Peter has and he just he he goes to the dark side with it. Yeah. Like you said, you know, he just he, he doesn't have that that rule that Peter has that more that moral code you know
0: right and in the, in the case of uh, you know, the game and uh, the movie um, and I'm assuming also the comics once again I don't know a lot um, about him in the comics but a lot of that comes down to the uh, the corruption of the AI um, but I find I find that to be less interesting the the whole idea that like, artificial intelligence is, is uh corrupting his brain um i mean i guess that's topical since you know we're about to have a big revolution in technology mm-hmm. um
1: it is kind of like venom in that respect to where yeah. it's not so much um the ai is taking complete control as the ai is playing into his right. his tr- like his the inner evil his id you know yeah 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 it's yeah he's um, like normally he'd, he'd he'd have these thoughts and he would know that these aren't things he should follow through with and I think you see that in the dialogue even in that scene when he first is communicating with the arms as their own as their own being yeah and that he's he's having these thoughts of what he could do with the arms but he's deciding not
0: to but then they they push him towards that right that is really interesting that you brought that up i never picked up on that similarity between venom and doc ock um i guess there's a lot of that going on in like spider-man villains of like villains that are like just slightly different from each other like you know hobgoblin He's literally. I mean, he's literally just Green Goblin, but he's orange. Right. And, and New Goblin. <laughs> yeah, New Goblin. He's I just mean, Green Goblin, but on a snowboard. Right, yeah, no. <laughs> um. And I, I still, I mean, I I love New Goblin, and I love Hobgoblin. Uh,
1: so many people don't like the New Goblin costume and all that stuff, but I think it's so cool.
0: Yeah, I, love it. I mean, I, I get why people wouldn't like it, but I just feel like... If it were anything different, it just wouldn't make any sense. Like, Mm -hmm. it it fits Harry's character. Yeah, yeah. To be the way that he is. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm trying to think... Should we jump right into Spider-Man 3, or... Oh, wait, no, no, no. There is something about Spider-Man 2 I really want to talk about. And it is that... I want to dive more deeply into that that central conflict... For sure. ...of um, Peter balancing his own life with his life as Mm Spider-Man. And this is where, like truly like visual symbolism is at its finest strongest display is is in this movie right um there's that scene that montage where uh Peter you know he does his his laundry at the laundromat (laughs) and he does he's he's washing his um his spidey suit with his regular clothes and all the the red and blue colors wash into his regular clothes and it's it is it is like um I'm freaking out. <laughs> that his life as Spider-Man is literally infecting his daily normal life, right down to his laundry. Let alone yeah. major life decisions and what his life as Spider-Man is holding him back from doing. Just even little things
0: like that. You know, I just love everything Sam Raimi has to say about like, he uses Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man and, and having that power and that opportunity to, you know, kind of make commentary about um, just the ideas of, of opportunity and power in general. I mean, like, you don't have to be Spider-Man to be able to relate to Spider-Man mm-hmm. and, and the conflict that he's going through of, you know, uh, your personal life going to shit because you, you've dedicated you know, your time to something else and, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know how to make things right and uh, and then you know, at the end of Spider-Man 2 you think okay, Peter figured it out mm-hmm. but then it goes to Spider-Man 3 and it's all about how he figured it out incorrectly again, like mm-hmm. he, he his power that he has got corrupted again, um and it, it, I really admire that that Sam Raimi is so willing to to talk about that, and uh, you know, it's almost you like you can learn things for your own from your own life, uh, for your own life by watching these movies, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't have said it any better, man. You nailed it again. <laughs> That's yeah. it, It's true. This, this this movie, and really Sam Raimi's work with Peter Parker as a character is. Honestly, one of his most human works. For sure. I mean, all of Ramsey's characters are very bombastic and out there, <laughs> and and Peter is no different in the fact that he's a superhero, but despite the fantastical elements, it remains so relatable and so human, and it is it's like what Grant Morrison said about why Superman is a compelling character. Yeah. Because despite all the 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 crazy things that he can do, it is still. At its core, a
0: human story, and it right. is relatable. Yeah, I, that's something super important when it comes to writing comic books. Is uh, you know, sometimes people get lost, and uh, they, you know, they just want to write write something that's cool, or they 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 write something that they feel like the fans will respond to. But really, like the best comics, whether it's superhero or not, you know, it's always about you know. The uh, the action, and and the drama is the icing on the cake for the humanity that has to be there for it to be a good story. Mm. Um, my favorite, like, you know, you were just talking about Grant Morrison um, talking about Superman. My favorite line from that, uh, clip is he's like, you know, you know, Superman walks his dog. You know, he's still walking his dog. He's just doing it on another planet, like. Mm-hmm. It's it, like it's relatable. Like if you can't relate to Superman because he's walking his dog on another planet, you've missed the point. Absolutely, you're absolutely right.
1: That is an essential element, I think, when it comes to writing any superhero, or any superhero who is along the lines of uh, Superman or Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, to where they're they're doing fantastical things and having these adventures, but
0: they are they are people at the end of the day. It, um, it took, you know, I used to not have, like, I didn't want to take sides on, like, who my favorite characters are in comics because I was always worried that that would uh, prevent me from you know, thinking clearly about them and being able to, uh, you know, appreciate good work because I would you know, want a certain thing from a certain character when I read them um, but definitively I like I just decided, like, within the last couple of weeks, but like Spider-Man and Superman are my favorite superheroes, like, they're amazing characters, and I'll probably, I will, like, I will probably and hopefully die the same month that a Superman comic and a Spider-Man comic are released, because I don't want them to go away.
1: Yeah, I, I strongly agree with both, with all, all of those sentiments. Yeah. Um, Superman and Spider-Man, they're just, they're just so wonderful in everything they, that they stand for. Yeah, for sure. Especially Superman in, in the in what he stands for in, in the human spirit.
0: Yes. And some you know, once again, Superman's a character that uh a lot of writers and readers they can't they can't get it. They can't grasp it. Um they either read it wrong or they write it wrong and, and Superman is always about he he's he's a man of the people, in my opinion. He his you know, good Superman comics Make you feel better about humanity. May they, they make you more willing, to, to see the good in humanity, and want good things for your your neighbors and your your fellow man.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, and and you can have your your alternate bad Superman stories, sure. whatever, but like Superman, our Superman, the Superman. Mm-hmm he is such a personification of the indomitable human will.
0: For goodness especially. I think that's... I'm really interested in where Bendis' Superman is going to go because he's he's set up some crazy things involving Superman's relationship with humanity that have me really excited. Like, I feel like Bendis gets the character in that sense. Yeah, 100%.
1: Um,
0: No matter what the haters say.
1: <laughs> there, he hasn't really... Um, started writing with that that theme in mind but there are, there are hints of that I feel like Bendis's writing of Superman so far is really like I think a beautiful amalgamation of every aspect of Superman yeah. whether it be his, his straight up action comics like superhero versus super villain punch beat him up sort of story and also um, Grant Morrison's idea of Superman which is just a pure and inspiring
0: person and, uh, you know, Graham Morrison, uh, attempted with the New 52 to make Superman, um, go back to his working class origins, mm-hmm. which I think is really important. Um, it's super important for me as a, as a socialist yeah. that, um,
1: this being a socialist podcast, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> it's super important to me that Superman, he doesn't have to, like, look into the... Like, he doesn't have to break the fourth wall and, and be like, you know, seize the means or whatever. But <laughs> it's one of the first Superman comics to ever be published involved uh, Superman destroying an automobile factory because the people who were running it were purposefully making the cars unsafe mm-hmm. because it was cheaper. And, like, there are so many Superman writers that are just like... I'm, I'm gonna ignore that and it's like why would you do that mm. like that's so important there's that panel in one of the early issues of morrison's
1: action comics where superman literally looks straight into the camera <laughs> and he's like you know the deal metropolis you treat people right or you answer to me
0: yeah i love that i love that um Let's go back to Spider Man. Back though. to Spider Man. We, we love we love Superman we love and Grant
1: Superman. Morrison and socialism, but yeah.
0: we gotta stay on topic. We basically. gotta talk about that at least once an episode. <laughs> at least you gotta let us get that out. We gotta hit our quota. Um, yeah, Superman or not Superman? <laughs> shit, <laughs> Spider Man Two. Good movie. Wonderful movie. Amazing movie.
1: One of my like, I bounce back and forth between uh, Spider Man Two and Spider Verse, between my yeah. favorite superhero movie of all time.
0: I would say, you know, Spider-Man 1 is, you know, one of the most fun times you can have watching a movie. Mm -hmm. I would say Spider-Man 2 is one of the most fulfilling blockbusters you can watch. Um, And I would say Spider-Man 3 is really good at just building on what the first two did. It it just keeps up... Like, all the ideas... Sam Raimi... You know... Tons of people think Spider-Man 3 is a giant mess, but I don't, I mean, I like Spider-Man 3, but you have to admire the way that Sam Raimi kept the story going, kept it true to itself, and continued to, uh, you know, say what Sam Raimi wanted to say with it. I think an important thing to keep in mind
1: when talking about, or analyzing Spider-Man 3, is the fact that. Raimi had every intention of making a four and a five and to keep going. Uh, it was never intended to be just a trilogy, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Spider-Man three would be seen in a lot more positive light if it weren't like the finale of a series. You know? Yeah. Because if Raimi had gotten to keep going and making these movies and telling these stories, Spider-Man three would have been seen in a totally different light. Of like, it's just another chapter in the story, and it and while even i i like spider-man 3 more than spider-man 1 in certain respects but um i think people would see it more favorably like mm-hmm. as that as that one uh, that, that weird chapter <laughs> yeah. where venom showed up and it was kind of awkward but
0: i think raimi would have gotten them right in a later installment even well you know uh Sony has Spider-Man back in their court, so maybe we'll see Spider-Man. Bring Ramy back. Bring
1: him back. Bring him back. Stop him from uh, just producing movies. Get him to direct again. You know,
0: I, f- I honestly, like, I fully expect that Sony and Disney will will renegotiate and they'll come to a deal. Oh, totally. Um, totally. One of them is going to get fucked in the deal, but uh, mm-hmm. it, there's no way that... Tom?
1: Disney has the capital to make sure they're not the ones who are fucked oh yeah for because
0: sure. like they have got but to be, the MCU to be like, fair Disney has the capital but Sony still has the rights true they have bargaining chips on both true. ends
1: but Sony has been in so many precarious situations that like if Disney like offers them up enough cash yeah they'll yeah, be like fuck it dude we need the money well you
0: know someone pointed this out to me um well no one I just saw it on um <laughs> but uh it's you know Sony is not making the money that they were making off of this deal like far from home made a bunch of money but because of the 50-50 split from what i heard on twitter I, this could be completely inaccurate but f- for Sony, Far From Home, was less profitable than the Amazing Spider-Man movie. Um, which could be a reason why they want the ball back in their court, is they're like, we can make more money without you. Right.
1: Um, even if they're making shittier movies.
0: Yeah. Even though, yeah. Little big little we'll s- Amazing Spider-Man being god-awful. Yeah. yeah. And then there's Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is literally... Even worse. Yeah. Um, Who
1: knew it could sink
0: even lower? But hey, they got Spider-Verse. So. They did. That's the one thing they got right. I mean, what? They have more good Spider-Man movies than bad Spider-Man movies. Well,
1: yeah, we are talking about the Raimi trilogy. That is yeah. a purely Sony production. Yeah, But, I mean, really I credit that more to Sam Raimi than anything. And then they cut him off. Like, I can never forgive Sony for that.
0: You know, I, I want to talk about Sony a little bit. Um, not just, I mean, so they, they, they killed the deal with Disney... So they have full rights to the Spider-Man bag. Um, on top of that, uh, Sony purchased Insomniac Games, which made their uh, exclusive Spider-Man game. Um, because Sony wants uh, to start up their gamerverse, I don't know if you knew about that. Yeah, yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're trying to do a a little mini MCU on their PlayStation, which is I think that's. As long as it doesn't get as bloated as the MCU, I'm fine The with Avengers
1: that. game is supposed to be part of that, right? Or
0: Well, the thing is with the Avengers game is that uh, it's it's not published by Sony. It's published by Square Enix, um, and it's going to be on Xbox. Oh, okay. So, I don't know if... But it could still be part of the game reverse. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Um Thank God, honestly, because I've heard, as you know, as any the thing, I've heard yeah. nothing but terrible things hey, about that game. You know what? The uh, the developers, I found this out, but the, the company that's making this Avengers game made Gex the Gecko, which uh, I don't know if you remember, but H Bomber Guy yeah, made a yeah. video about it, um, referencing it in his, uh, I think it was his, I don't remember what video, but the point is, we got the Gex the Gecko. Uh, developers on the Avengers game, so I think we're safe. I think we're good. Um, okay, I I, I want to be optimistic about it. So yeah, I'll take your word. Well, okay, so I think there's pl- I don't th- okay the <laughs> Avengers game. I've seen the gameplay. I've heard the things. It looks bad. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it doesn't it look. Does. It does not look. And very it's fun beyond game. um the uncanny valley or whatever.
1: Honestly, I think that's the least of the
0: complaints. Oh, but that is for me. That's a big thing. I look at the characters and I'm disgusted. That cap design is so weird. Yeah, it's so that's um, the only
1: one that that
0: truly rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I don't. I don't like uh, Bruce Banner either. He kind of bothers me. He looks. Uh, like I've a only little, seen Hulk. Oh, Bruce Banner. He looks like um, Hal Emmerich. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. He literally looks like from from Metal Gear Solid Five. Yikes. Um, but. Uh, the the developers, they did make Gex, but ignoring that, they made the last three Tomb Raider games. Mm-hmm. Which were all both financially successful and critically successful. True. That doesn't mean the Avengers game is going to be good, because I think it has a ton of things working against it. Um, so I don't think, like, superhero games are super fucking hard to make, mm-hmm. because of the, the concept of superpowers themselves. I mean, like, the Hulk superpowers are infinitely more powerful than any of the other Avengers, and there's no way that you can make, like, a game that's faithful to what a superhero is while keeping it fun. Right, because there's a certain level of, like, (laughs)
1: required Mm open-worldness. And that's why uh, Spider-Man PS4 works so well. Yeah. Uh, But we can dive into that later if you'd like. Yeah,
0: we should. Um, But yeah, so, Sony, they... They gutted the deal with Disney so they have the the rights to the movies. Um, They bought Insomniac Games uh, because they want Spider-Man 2 on their PlayStation 5, which they, you know, obviously that's happening. Absolutely. Um, And they haven't revealed anything about PlayStation 5. But honestly, you know, we talk a lot of shit about Sony in terms of the movies and stuff. But I think... What like what Sony? I mean, I okay. Fuck Sony because they're a big ass corporation and, and they're eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're Like, I'm not pro Sony. I'm just anti Disney. Hashtag socialist podcast. Yeah, social. <laughs> yeah, we are a socialist podcast. I mean, literally, our podcast description on Spotify says hashtag unionized comics. Yeah. Um. But I I think Sony has really big plans. I don't think, um.
1: Yeah. I
0: don't think it's like some short sighted thing. Like they aren't just trying to dig at Marvel because they're assholes or whatever. Like Sony realizes that like they're having a moment right now. The PlayStation 4 was massively successful. The PlayStation 5 is inevitably going to be successful, even if it isn't a successful. Oh, I'm gonna buy it too. Um it's running an eight K. Whoa. but you know, like they have the PlayStation 5. They have Insomniac games, they have this game reverse, they have Movies that are uh, doing really well at the box office. Spider Verse won an Oscar. They got their rights to Spider Man back mm. for their movies. They're you, on the up and up. They are. They're killing it, whether you like it or not. Like they're doing really well with what they have. Yeah. And and my my issue with Sony has never
1: been their concepts or their ideas, barring Amazing Spider Man. <laughs> um, it's just been their lack of trust and. Yeah, uh, lack of giving free rein to the creatives they have, and I think well, recently, Disney does the same shit. Yes. Yeah, and, and again, you know, we're criticizing both Disney and Sony, but fuck Disney more than Sony. Uh, but I think they're they're realizing where they went wrong. Finally, mm. it only took like over a decade, but you know, Spider Verse, they just let the animation team and the writers and directors, they were just like, hey, make this movie. You're right, and and it won an Oscar. Yeah, it did win an Oscar, and for good reason. Oh, oh my Spider Verse is so fucking good. Beyond being a fantastic superhero movie, it is just a phenomenal animated film and a phenomenal movie in general. And
0: I can't praise that movie enough. Real quick, I want to mention that Gabe and I are uh, we're doing a, a, a tabletop RPG session based off of Spider Verse, where he's making his own alternate universe version of spider-man and i'll be uh game mastering it and we might record a session but probably not the first session because you're gonna have no (laughs) idea what the fuck we're doing right we're we're very we're very new
1: but we're figuring it out and you know if we have a good time with it um yeah i'm very
0: excited about the idea
1: of recording a session and having it up here
0: yeah that'd be cool final thoughts on the raimi trilogy um
1: well shit dude we really got to bust into spider-man 3 we didn't talk about i know yeah it. We, we really, really derailed you know what? there
0: yeah f- oh we really did derail you know what we'll we're just, just
1: we're just very passionate we're gonna about make this, this a long one this will be a this will be a little
0: extra long yeah uh
1: but spider-man 3 uh trying to stay in the chain of events um again i'd like to reiterate how much i love that alley fight between uh <laughs> peter and new goblin yes yes so fun so you know what?
0: There are some really good fights in Spider-Man Three. I mean, the those the fight between um, Spider-Man where he's wearing the symbiote suit against Sandman—that's a really great fight. It really is. Th- that
1: that moment where he's like pulling the 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 pipe full mm-hmm. of water, and every time a bolt shoots off, it yeah. zooms in closer on Sandman's
0: face. Yeah, yeah. So, that oh, God, that's so good. Yeah. Um, and the. The final fight I also fuck with
1: I love it. Yeah. it it is so goofy and over the top but that is why I love it and for sure the music's it's swelling and uh, the team up between Peter and Harry is so wonderful like, it really it, is it is such a beautiful progression uh, from where they've come from to where they're at now and that moment where they're both like they're, they're swooping in to save Mary Jane and Peter's like, this thing got any more? And Harry's like, hang
0: on. And Peter's like, to what? <laughs> it's so good. It's so g- I, I love it. No, th- these movies are just so fucking phenomenal. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who prefer the Tom Holland movies, but I feel like the people who do just like those movies because they're funnier and Tom Holland is hotter. They are funnier and Tom Holland is hotter. Um, but they're, I mean, Sam Raimi movies are, are like, objectively better.
1: They are true works of art. Yeah. Uh, and I, I if, know we, we fall into this argument all the time, um, but I would say Homecoming has a lot of artistic value, and there's a lot going on that, well, that I like. Okay, well, that's a
0: fucking. We, we'll we save could, that for a different yeah, episode. We, we could do a we whole We could have a whole episode that's just. Legitimately, us we would need to get a moderator for that debate Seriously. because I would probably end up screaming. <laughs> we would have <get> so <laughs> mad. But, um,. And I think there's valid points on both sides,
1: because we've been having this debate for, like, months. <laughs> and it will never end. Um, but, yeah, I think, overall, the the Holland movies have nothing on the Raimi movies. Yeah. Not, like, Homecoming, which I think is the best of the two, doesn't even scratch the
0: surface of <laughs> Spider-Man 1. <laughs> um I have a question. I was thinking about this while I was uh, I was out driving today because I was anticipating us recording this. Mm. Um, between uh, the suits, uh, the well in in the Raimi trilogy, he wears one Spider Man suit. Right, and then not counting Venom, not counting the the symbiote suit, um, and then in Amazing Spider Man, there's also one suit. And then in Homecoming, he wears the Stark suit. And then in Far From Home, he wears, like, a a black version of that. Yeah, he's had a few different suits. He has had a couple different suits. uh, Oh, yeah, and there's the Iron Spider suit. Um, My question is just for you, what is the best uh, cinematic Spider-Man suit? Because I have an interesting answer.
1: I, you know, this is going back on literally everything I've said up to this point. But the best Spider-Man suit is from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's what I was going to say, too! That's what I was going to <laughs> yes. say, too! Look, those movies got a shit ton wrong, alright? Literally yeah. every single thing I could, I could list, I could go on forever about how much I dislike and everything that I think that those movies did wrong. Mm-hmm. Not just talking about in terms of Spider-Man as a character, because, you know, coming at it as comic book fans, right. but just, like... On a, a, a technical movie <laughs> level. Yeah, they're, it they're is, not good it is terribly written, not like barely competently directed, horribly edited, but like that suit. That's so good. They nailed it. It's so they good. They nailed it. They should like make some kind of super cut where every time in the Raimi trilogy <laughs> Peter swings, it's that suit.
0: <laughs> it's so good. That suit. I don't even know how they pulled it off. I don't know how they so did it bad. either. I, I couldn't even put into words what's so good about it, but it just it's it's, it's great. Just, it's you know, for me what it is is that none of the other Spider-Man suits look like Spider-Man. Like mm-hmm. in the Raimi trilogy, Spider-Man's black lines are not part of the fabric, they stick out right, right Um, and then in in Homecoming I mean he just looks like a fucking cartoon yeah, Homecoming
1: is like it's it's good quality CGI, nobody's saying the CGI is bad, it's just noticeable that he's a cartoon he's been drawn Yeah, there's no question about it, at least in the Raimi trilogy, it's like the suit's on a mannequin (laughs) (laughs) no, it's not like 100% drawn it's just like on a mannequin (laughs) yeah, yeah um, but those Amazing Spider-Man movies... They, they got the suits. They nailed it. They nailed it. Even yeah. when it is 100% drawn, mm-hmm. it just looks so perfect.
0: You know, um, one scene from amazing, the Amazing Spider-Man movies that like I feel like I do like is when... It's in Times Square when Electro is uh electrifying the railing and Spider-Man's to save everyone who's coming down the stairs, but one of his web shooters is broken, so he has to like put his thumb in the I genuinely think that's a good scene. Even though everything else about that movie is fucking garbage. You
1: know what? I'm gonna edit this episode and it's gonna pain me not to edit this out. But I do think that scene slaps. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> that scene's really good. But like I there are scenes in both Spider Man one Amazing Spider Man one and Amazing Spider Man Two that I genuinely do like. Yeah, for sure. And there are aspects of it that I genuinely do like. And I, I have nothing against Andrew Garfield whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I don't think his performance as Peter Parker
0: is that big of a deal. You know, I love Andrew Garfield.
1: Yeah, dude. He's 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 great. Mm-hmm. Social network? Yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> Amazing movie, network, yeah. and he nails it. But just overall, all the script issues, I, I can't overlook it. You know, yeah. every time I think about these movies, I just. I get a horrible feeling, despite the fact that I do like Andrew Garfield, and there are scenes that I do like.
0: So, we are reaching the end of the episode. So, mm-hmm. what do you, I mean, is there more to say about Spider-Man 3?
1: Um, Alright, I'm gonna rapid fire um, a few more thoughts about Spider-Man 3 that, that are reasons why I love it and why I think people should um, not look on it so harshly. And then, one more thing about Spider-Man 2 that I love so much. Uh, Alright, so Spider-Man 3... Uh, everything about Sandman. Oh my God! yes. every everything single scene, Sandman. every yeah. bit of music, the, even the visuals. because yeah. the CGI is so old, but it, even then, it, it looks. Bright.
0: I I have to say this right now. Um, every the beauty of the Sam Raimi trilogy is that every origin for every villain, it straight up feels like an early twentieth century Hollywood horror film. Like their mm-hmm. origins are horrific and dramatic but also campy mm-hmm. and it all comes together in, in a perfect way and Sandman is the perfect example. Yeah,
1: for and that and they're just they're so fleshed out and they're so clearly people and they're so mm-hmm. like you know when it comes to villains you shouldn't find yourself agreeing with them. Obviously, unless we're talking about Killmonger <laughs> right Because Killmonger <laughs> was right You know I, I have my issues With Black Panther But Killmonger was right Um But Every single villain In the Raimi trilogy Is just a beautiful character For sure You know In in every respect Otto Octavius Like He's more compelling Than Well, well I would Actually Because the main focus Of that movie is Peter's Struggle But Otto is So Compelling Yeah And uh i flint marco would have been equally if not even better honestly if Ramy had gotten to just make a whole movie about him yeah like could you imagine oh my god but yeah um so Raimi, as we said wanted to make this movie with with sandman being the main villain and i think um despite having a lot of his ideas cut short he he did a lot with what he had and sandman is a really fantastic character and so heartfelt and so compelling. Almost to the same level as Otto. Mm. And, um... And again, uh, I love that final fight of Spider-Man 3. Um... Yeah, I... Dude. Harry Osborn in yeah. Spider-Man
0: 3... So good. Is
1: so good. Yeah. James Franco's performance in this movie... <laughs>
0: he really does kill it, he,
1: he kills it. Because he goes... He literally switches back and forth between like lazy eyed um, amnesiac, amnesiac, and like crazy, like clearly turning goblin dude, right, right back to like his suave personality, yeah. yeah, back and forth. And James Franco nails it, and Harry is so interesting because of it, and he's he's just so fantastic in this movie, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Um and I wanna say that I think that if you like Spider Man two but don't like Spider Man three, um I, I just I think something that you should take into consideration if you ever decide to rewatch Spider Man Three is is really think about the themes of Spider Man two and think about the ideas of that movie and, and think about how they carry over to Spider Man Three because I really do believe that there is this common thread where the themes carry over in a, in a really effective way. Um, and I think if you like Spider-Man 2, I think you can find a way to appreciate Spider-Man 3. 100%. I, I agree with that
1: entirely. Um, so do you have anything closing on Spider-Man 3? Before I do my, my tangent that I've done to you a million times about Spider-Man 2? Um,
0: No, I, th- I think I'm good. Go Go for it. Hell yeah.
1: Um, all I wanted to point out were two moments in Spider-Man 2 that are just 100% ripped straight from the comics. Like, first of all, Spider-Man No More. Yeah. <laughs> done perfectly. Done so beautifully. Like, they recreated the shot one for one, and it is... It it just makes my heart swell every time I see it. Yeah. And, um, and the other one is right at the end, where... Mary Jane confesses like her feelings. She's run from the wedding and she is standing in Peter's doorway and she does her whole doorway monologue. And if you didn't know, every bit of dialogue from that scene is ripped straight from the original Stanley comics where she confesses her love to Peter for the very first time because that relationship was a, a very slow burn. Yeah. They did not get become begin dating and like do their relationship as we know it yeah, for yeah. a long time yeah. after she was introduced and her first appearance she is standing in his doorway and she says that iconic line you know mm-hmm. you know, face a tiger you just hit the jackpot yeah <laughs> and she references that when she confesses her love to him that she's just standing in his doorway and she's always been standing in his doorway and she says that in this movie and It's just so perfect. This movie, I love it so much. Because as a movie, it's perfect. And as an action movie, it's perfect. As a horror movie, it's perfect. And it's got relatable villains, relatable characters. It's got a human message. It's so relatable. And at the same time, just the cherry on top of that is how loving and faithful it is to every era of Spider-Man comics that has come before it was made. You nailed it. (laughs) <laughs> that's why spider-man 2 is the best superhero movie ever made
0: well that's been episode three of uh, world in a bottle podcast uh if you listen to this thank you um we're trying <laughs> we're trying our best we really are trying we really like doing this it's um, fun so thank you and uh next week you will hear episode four And also, I think we're going to do a bonus episode this week, uh, because we did something interesting uh, yesterday. So, I'm Ryan. (laughs) I am Gabe. Bye.